Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. My name is John Becker. I'm a child of PCC. Spent a lot of time here over the years, but lived abroad for many of those with Maureen, my wife, and our kids. And we're just so thankful to be a part of the PCC family and be supported missionaries that you've sent out and we continue to go out. And I'll share a little more about that. But it's such a joy to be here this morning, to be able to help us on the journey of learning and living into our six values as a church. And I just want to start with this amazing um, psalm that says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. Of his greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty and I will meditate on your wonderful works. Isn't that just a beautiful psalm? And it's all about our value today, which is about sharing Jesus. It's about proclaiming the goodness of God and what he's done in your life. Last week, Scott did an excellent job in sharing with us our first value, and that is living the word. And he told us that the that the, um, the cause was much greater than the cost. And he gave us some excellent examples. And there was one thing he said that really impacted me. He said, what if that person that lived the word to you, that truly modeled Jesus, hadn't have done that? What would have been the impact in your life? And I immediately thought of my grandfather, Otto Becker. And if Otto was alive, he'd be standing right about here because he was one of the ushers for many years, serving faithfully in this church. But why I thought of Otto, God just put him on my heart, and I thought if Otto hadn't lived the word, hadn't constantly testified to the goodness of God like that psalm says, where would my life have been? Where would our family have been? Now, Otto was a Swiss immigrant that came in the teens of uh, the 20th century, and uh, he was a man that entered a lot of trouble. He, um, he had a failed first marriage. He had a problem with drinking and, and um, gambling. And um, during the prohibition, there was one particular story he told me that impacted me so much. And that was when he ended up with an infection in the hospital and was struggling to get treatment. And there that infection took over and he ended up flatlining. And in his mind, he had died. And at that death, the Lord Jesus came to the foot of his bed and said, Otto, if I let you live again, will you live for me? And praise God, he said, yes. And immediately he came back too, and he never looked back. I used to spend so much time with Otto uh, as a teenager. I'd go to his house, and he taught me how to prune his fruit trees. And in the the time of, of where I was learning that and having lunch with him, he would share with me the stories of God's faithfulness in his life. And he encouraged me. Even when I looked like a long-haired hippie punk, 
He didn't judge me ever, but he continued just to pour into me and share those testimonies of God's faithfulness in his life. And he was known for that in his neighborhood because he'd sit on his porch and just tell people about what God had done in his life. And what a legacy that has left on me. And that's the backstory to my own testimony that 1985, when I was on a train, um, looking for trouble in Europe and all the pleasures of the world. And God confronted me and said, John, you know what? You're living and trying to walk on two roads and they're getting further apart. Are you going to choose my road, which is to life, or are you going to choose the road of the world, which leads to destruction? And I praise God that at that moment, I said, okay, Lord, My life is yours for the rest of my life, and I never looked back. And guess what? A month later, he gave me one of the greatest gifts in my life, and she's sitting right there. Amen. That's what this value we're going to look at today is all about. It's about sharing Jesus in the way he's transformed our lives. So as we look at um, this value, it's really about us just living in to the promises of God in our life. And I want us to to deal really with three promises that will counter some of the barriers that we face in sharing our faith. Three barriers that we're going to look at is one, just our lack of obedience to the Great Commission. The second barrier is just fear, fear of rejection, fear of not knowing what to say, fear of the world. And the third is disbelief, not really believing that there is a harvest and fruit promised to us. So I want us to counter those by looking at the word. And there's three things we're going to look at today. One is that we have truly been commissioned by Jesus to go and make disciples. Secondly, we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to have victory, to have fruit. And thirdly, we have been promised a harvest. The harvest is plentiful. So we're going to look at those three things as we journey in our series today. The big idea I want us to understand is that you would rediscover hope in God's word to have a renewed desire to share Jesus both in word and deed with freedom, power, and expectation. So let me just pray into that. Father God, I pray that those of us here would be inspired in a fresh way to live the word as we share Jesus, both in word and deed. Give us a fresh perspective. Give us encouragement. Awaken our hearts to what you want to do in and through us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. The scripture we're going to look at today focuses on the church in Antioch. The gospel continues to spread um, across um, Jerusalem, and the numbers keep growing and growing. And then this amazing, terrible thing happens. Persecution begins, and the the disciples are scattered. And it says many of them went to um, Antioch. So we're going to look at that scripture. But one of the key things that it says is that it was in Antioch, that the disciples were first called Christians. They were so 
um, connected to Jesus. They were so known and had a reputation for sharing Jesus that a whole new word was created. A whole new word in Greek was created to identify this group of people that were so attached to Jesus, and that's the word Christian. That's where that word comes from, people who are identified as followers of Jesus. So as we look at our memory verse and the storyline of what we've been walking through the book of Acts, and hopefully you've been following in our reading plan, it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread. And you know what the result was? That as these disciples were coming together and they were sharing all things in common, they were selling their possessions, they were giving to the poor, they were meeting together regularly, they were in each other's homes, they were breaking the bread, and they were praying together. And you know what the result was? Every day, the Lord keep adding to their numbers those who were being saved. Now, that could only happen if they were actively not only displaying the the love of Jesus and, and the gospel with each other, but they were proclaiming, they were giving testimony to God. And it was such a movement that happening, that was happening, that it was capturing the whole attention, not only of um, the Jewish uh, leaders in Jerusalem, but the whole world. And something crazy happened. So I want to um, start with the person behind this whole movement, and that's Jesus. Do you know that we were commissioned by Jesus, not just the apostles? So before he was taken up to heaven, Jesus himself gathered his disciples, and he said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything that I've taught you. And I am with you always to the end of the age. I want you to think about some of the key words that Jesus is mentioning here. All authority has been given to him. And he transitions, he transfers that authority to us so that you will go and make disciples, going and making those promises And then I will be with you always. And part of that making disciples is teaching people to obey everything that God is teaching us and wants us to know. Part of the challenge of sharing Jesus is the obstacle of lack of obedience. And I am afraid to say it, but that's the number one obstacle in all of our lives. And that is my confession, and I'm sure it's yours, that we just don't respond to when God is calling us to extend the life of Jesus to other people. There was a research done by the Barna Research Institute, and they did a 25-year study where they looked back at some questions they had asked about people sharing Jesus personally, and then they looked at what the difference was 25 years later. And the sad thing was that 25 years ago, one in 10 believers in America, this is located in America, um, didn't believe that it was their personal responsibility as a Christian to share their faith. But 25 years later, about three years ago, when this study was done, it was up to 33%, meaning three out of 10 people didn't believe 
it was their responsibility as Christians to share their faith. That is a huge barrier, and I think there's a direct correlation to the gap we see in church um, growth in America than uh, to the gap of people actually sharing their faith or feeling that it's even their responsibility. I think that's a huge barrier, and it's really directly linked to lack of obedience to the Great Commission. But what I want to do is focus on some positive examples, and I want to invite up a very special person, Libby LaRock. And Libby's going to come. Would you give her a huge welcome? <laughs> Libby LaRock is someone who is actually obeying the Lord Jesus in a really creative way. And I want us to understand through her example that there's creative ways that we can share Jesus and, and to push into being obedient to the Lord. So Libby, I want to ask you, you created a website that calls, that's called um, um, Give Holy. And I want to ask you, why did you create this website? Well, I saw my mom creating one for her work, and I decided I want to make one too. My mom told me if I created the idea, she'd help me make it. And I thought that I wanted everybody to know about Jesus in a fun and creative way. Isn't that awesome? Thank you. So she saw her mom doing something. She said, I want to do that as well. So she created this website. Look it up. It's giveholy.com. And it's creative ways for people to grow in their life and their relationship with the Lord. And I want to ask you, Libby, also... So why is it important for us to share Jesus? Well, Jesus has done a lot for us. He gave us everything we have, and he loved us so much that he even died for us. So I thought everybody should know about him because he's done so much for all of us. Amen. This is one generation sharing the Lord to us. Amen. I want to pray for Libby. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this precious child of yours. She is a giant on this stage because she puts her trust in you. Thank you that she's being obedient to the Great Commission. I pray every blessing in her life that you would let her be exceedingly fruitful. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Libby. Let's give her a hand. That took a lot of courage. So let's push beyond that barrier of lack of obedience and let's step into it in creative ways. Why is it important for us to share Jesus with others? You know, if we think of our six values, possibly this, this one, sharing Jesus, is the most important because we can live out those other five values but not actually accomplish our mission statement, which is what? Let's put it up on the screen and I want everyone to say it with us to empower the generations to passionately follow Jesus one person at a time. There's no way that that can happen, that can be realized unless we are being obedient to the Great Commission and sharing Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Libby, for sharing that. We just praise God for your life and your testimony. To help us live out this commission to make disciples, we've landed on a really great tool. And I want you to pull it out. It's in the pew in front of you. This is called the BLESS, Bless Strategy. And it's simply an acronym for these words. Begin with prayer, 
listen with care, eat together, serve, and share. And we're going to look a little more at this um, towards the end. But this is just a simple framework for us to know how we actually can um, push into this this wonderful strategy of sharing Jesus. So um, there's going to be something for you to do later with that, so keep it handy. Now, as we um, get back into uh, the Word of God and we pick up in the story of Acts, something that Jesus promised to the disciples, he restates what the Great Commission was in a different way in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He said to the disciples, he says, now you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and to in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, he doesn't say you might be or you could be. He says, you will be my witnesses. And they believed that, and they were full of the Holy Spirit's power. And they were able to then see this incredible spread of the word, even though there was huge barriers and persecution that came their way. They kept working and moving forward. And then this terrible thing happens, and Stephen is persecuted, he's martyred, and the disciples scatter outside of Jerusalem. And they go as far as um, Pisidia and Antioch and, um, and also um, uh, Cyprus, and it says that the, they were, um, the disciples in this dispersion, they were going and sharing the word, but they weren't sharing with anyone but Jews. But it says there were some of them, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, that began to share and speak to the Greeks, to the Gentiles also, uh, sharing the, the good news of Jesus. And it says, and a great many of them believed and came to the Lord. And then it goes on to tell uh, that the, land, the Lord's hand was heavy on them. He was blessing their fruitfulness. And then it, the result was that they became known for such a movement, like I mentioned before, that they were called Christians first in Antioch. And Antioch becomes the center of the gospel. It moves from Jerusalem to Antioch. And Antioch's very similar kind of context to ours. It was a city of over 500,000 people. It was multicultural. There was all kinds of ethnicities, like 18 different ethnicities there. And it was this place of great division of wealth and disparity. And also a lot of, uh, it was a pleasure destination for the elite. There was so much happening in Antioch, but this is the very context that the Lord chooses to make as the epicenter for the spread of the gospel throughout the world. Antioch becomes the launching point of the gospel movement that we're still benefiting from today. You will be my witnesses. Now this takes us to our second gift and promise is the, the gift, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Why do we live in fear? You know, the Lord says that we have not received a fear or a, fe- a spirit of timidity, timidity, but of power of love and self-discipline. That is the spirit that's been given us. So why do we fear what the response to our testimony will be? Shouldn't it just flow out of the natural 
interaction and relationship we have with the Lord, just letting that flow out of our lives and believing that because we have the power of the Holy Spirit, nothing is going to hold that gospel back, no matter what the response is. I want to encourage us of um, this amazing uh, story that I've Part of Maureen and I's work is we get to encourage as catalysts, in, in a sense like Barnabas, going out in the world to the, the least Christian, the least places where the gospel is touched in the world. And these are the places you could assume, in the Middle East, in North Africa, in Central Asia, these places where the gospel had yet to come to. But we're seeing disciple-making movements like never before. And I want to share a story of an amazing woman named Irene. So the Taposa are a, a tribe that we've been focused on in PCC for about 10 years, where we started praying that the Lord would see a harvest among this tribe in South Sudan and Ethiopia. And everywhere you see a dot is where the gospel's touched, in multiple villages across this region. And at the center of this is um, faithful witness of people being transformed by the word of God. And one of such person is named Irene. And Irene, uh, she's pictured in this picture. She's in the orange dress. And she was a witch doctor of this particular village where the movement started in a place called Nalial. And when she received the word, she was so transformed by the, the word and convicted about her life in darkness that she repented and she confessed in front of the whole community. I've been cheating you all these years using this dark magic and these fake things and I repent and I confess that before you. And because the, the Lord had so transformed her and that message rang true with the people and they received her and they forgave her and then the gospel just began to spread and in fact, all the ladies next to her um, were her apprentice. They were also fellow witch doctors and they had given their life to the Lord and I counted to five generations one person sharing with another to another to five generations deep. And this movement has spread to thousands of people. And there's a picture you can see a mass baptism that took place um, just a few months ago. Uh, so Alex and I were just there in November and we testified to all this on a survey trip. So we praise God for what he's doing. I want to conclude with the promise that we will bear fruit. And I think maybe this is what we struggle with, is we, we doubt. We are, have disbelief that God was really true in his promise to us that we will bear fruit in our lives. I like to say that scripture of the four soils, that um, you know one of the soils in the four bore fruit, a hundredfold, 60, 30. Imagine if we approach people that every four people in our lives that we begin to share the gospel with will receive the gospel and become a fellow disciple. What if we had that kind of faith? You know, Jesus, when he called his disciples and he said, you know, I'm sending you out into all the towns and villages that I intend to go. And he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out more laborers into the harvest field. He didn't tell us to pray for the harvest. He told us 
to pray for the laborers because the harvest is sure, it's certain. Jesus is going to have a kingdom and it's coming and he's adding to our numbers day by day. Amen? Just to show an example of this, and I'm out of time, um, I want you to see this is a website called Witness to All. And you can go on to witnesstoall.com and you can see in real time, every time someone is encountering uh, a faith decision, it's a dot that comes up. And when it's a a red dot, it means that they are coming, uh, they've made a decision for for Jesus. And do you know that um, since 2004, when this collection of websites began to respond to people who are out there searching for answers, over 2 billion gospel visits and 259 million decisions for Christ in 20 years. And these are not people being approached with God. These are people looking for answers. And it's back to Libby's testimony. There are people that are searching for answers and looking for hope. And I want to encourage you that you don't know if one of your own neighbors is one of these people out there on the internet looking for answers. Why not be the answer? Let the Lord use your testimony to faithfully declare what he's doing in your life. We need to overcome these obstacles of lack of obedience, of fear, and the disbelief that the harvest truly is plentiful. I wish I had time to share with you all the incredible stories that are happening across the world in these darkest places where um, fundamentalists and terrorism and war and brutality in the midst of all that, God is growing new movements of disciples making disciples. I could tell you story after story of the men and women Maureen and I get to serve with that are just faithfully living out the testimony because the Lord has so transformed their life, they can't help but share the good news. I want to ask Brian Rainier to come up with me just to close our time um, in, in the next minute. And I want him just to encourage you to live into this blessed strategy. Brian, we were talking last night, and this is really spontaneous, but I was just so touched by this man's faithfulness to, to sharing Jesus with others and letting the Holy Spirit speak to his heart and be spontaneous. And so, Brian, just give us just a few seconds of what that looks like in your day-to-day life and what you can encourage our brothers and sisters. Yeah, gosh, a couple seconds. Wow, I'm <laughs> not used to that. Um, I guess in few words, uh, it's being thankful for God's faithfulness. Um, I had a friend pray a couple days ago, and that really hit, that really hit home. And then the story of the mustard seed God had really placed in my heart, that God has given everyone something, some sort of hope and faith, uh, and he uses that, and he turns it in to something, like a tree, it says, that gives shade to others. So a lot of times it feels like we don't have the knowledge, we don't have the position, we don't have the opportunity, um, but God really does give everyone something, and it's amazing to think that, literally, if anyone, just go out and hold a mustard seed, go out and hold, I know we're close to the beach, go grab a grain of sand. And God's like, this is all I need for you to bring to me. And I will turn it into a tree. So, yeah.
Thank you. Amen. Amen. I want this man to share some Sunday of what God's doing in his life. And there's so many that have these kind of testimonies. We need to hear each other, to encourage each other, to walk forward in faith, to overcome these barriers to sharing Jesus. This is the most important value of our life. We each have a testimony. And I want to encourage you today as we pray and as you think about what is the number one barrier facing you as an obstacle to sharing Jesus. And I want you to identify that and face it and trust God to do something. All right? Father God, I just pray that um, we would have faith like Brian, faith like a mustard seed to believe that you truly are growing a harvest. Each of us you've put in proximity to others because you want us to be the answer to their questions, to their heartbreak, to their hardships, to serve them faithfully. Father, help us to be like Libby, to be like Irene, to share the story of transformation so that you start a movement through us. Father, let us be different. Let us be identified like the church in Antioch with sharing you that that be our labor, our label, our core identity. So Father, work today in our hearts. Let us know who are those people you want us to confidently and courageously in the power of your spirit share with. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.